Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yes, yes. Welcome in to another edition of the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Thank you to our sponsors, Ryan Kelly, the HomeLoanExpert.com. Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies, who presents our guest this week, Gabe Diarmond, James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency, Design Air Heating and Cooling online at DesignAirService.com, and Johnny Landoff Chevrolet at Highway 270, and the Washington Elizabeth Exit online at Landoff.com. This week, we hashtag get you ready. For the upcoming Missouri football season with my journalism school classmate, Gabriel P. Diarmond, the Colonel, Gabe Diarmond of PowerMizzou.com. Now I'm in the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Gabe is in Columbia and Missouri is headed to, to open up the season this week. A season that has potential to be big. They could really have a good team. It's also a season that could you know, the whole scheme of things be a nothing because they might not be able to play in the postseason. The appeal from the NCAA sanctions is still, as of this moment, up in the air. We get the Colonel's perspective on that, which direction it's going to go, the Missouri team, and a wide variety of other topics as the Colonel and I tend to get into. It's coming up here on the Tim McKernan Show with Gabe DeArmond, presented by Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies, our guest. And I'm in the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. If you're Buying a home, if you're refinancing a home, go online at thehomeloanexpert.com. That's Ryan Kelly's website, thehomeloanexpert.com. I'm telling you, I am in awe of how quickly homes are going off the market. In awe. You go to thehomeloanexpert.com, you click on your buying a home, get pre-approved, and now you are ready to go into the market and you have an advantage on other buyers. And these things are going quickly. Or because home values are going up, capitalize on the ability to refinance with the HomeLoanExpert.com. Ryan Kelly, TheHomeLoanExpert.com. That's where you'll find him, TheHomeLoanExpert.com, our studio sponsor here on the Tim McKernan Show. And that's where I am as I talk it over with this week's guest, presented by Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies, Gabe DeArmond of PowerMizzou.com. Gabe, I'm going to do it. We're going to get it out of the way early. Here we go. It's the question you have been asked. I would imagine, God, it's got to be thousands. What is going to happen with the appeal? But I. But here's the thing. I really don't know what you're going to say, so I can't wait to hear your answer. I mean, the the easy answer is I don't have any idea. I, I, I mean, why? The NCAA, you have no idea what they're going to do day to day. Like, they put in a rule that agents have to have a, a bachelor's degree, and then everybody gets all mad, and five days later that rule's gone. Like, how could you possibly predict what the NCAA is going to do? 
I, I have no clue. Anybody that tells you they have a clue is lying to you. Um, I, you know, my, my guess would be maybe a couple of these things will get reduced, whether it's recruiting restrictions or the bowl ban or who knows. I, I, I could see something getting reduced, but it's not just all going to be overturned either. Um, and honestly, if none of it's overturned, I, I've got a hard time having any outrage over it because Missouri basically said, yes, we agree these things happened, and yes, we agree they're level one violations. But because we agreed, do you think maybe you could let us off easy? I mean, it, it's like walking into the it's walking into the police station and saying, yeah, I mean, I, I killed the person, and I know the penalty for murder. But I'm telling you I did it, so can we work something out? And then the NCAA said, no, we're not going to work anything out. We're just going to nail you to the wall. couple things out of that. I think there is a perception among a healthy percentage of fans that what Missouri admitted it's responsible for is not that big of a deal. And then, therefore, if it is not overturned, or at least the one thing that may, most people care about, the postseason ban is not overturned, that Missouri is getting screwed. It sounds like you have a different thought process on that. Am I wrong? I, I mean, I tend, I tend to agree. What they did, is it the biggest deal in the world? I don't think so. A, I also don't pretend that the main reason football players are here is to get good grades in, you know, statistics 31 or whatever. Um, they, you know, they're, they're here to, they're not here to play school as Cardell Jones once said, but no, I don't think it's a huge deal, but according to the NCAA, it is a huge deal. It's like, I, you know, I could say, I, I don't think stealing your car is that big a deal, but the law says it is a big deal. So that that's kind of what we have. It, really a better analogy would be, I, I mean, a bunch of people think we should legalize marijuana, right? I, whatever. I don't really have strong feelings on it. But as long as it isn't legal, you understand what the penalties are for getting caught doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can complain that it should be legal, but it isn't. And if you do it, you pay the consequences. And again, these these penalties are they are laid out in this penalty matrix as, hey, these are possible sanctions for what you said you did. Um, again, the NCAA would have had the ability to say, yeah, you cooperated and this and that, and so we're going to go lighter on you. But they didn't do it, um, and, and we'll see what happens. I, I, again, think Missouri's biggest problem is they should have just said, come in and find what you need to find, but we're not going to help you find it. Hey, I, I, this isn't a fair question because I truly it, – it's, it's it's a factual question. and I'm asking. Those for, are my favorite kind of questions. Yeah, so it's not fair. So so by putting the disclaimer, it somehow softens the fact. But but I, I was asking this because people ask me online as if I have any clue. But my response is, is to what I think. And I will say – and I asked Pete this while we were screwing off here in the podcast studio. I said – it, 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 does the NCAA have a track record or are there even any precedents of overturning their punishments? Do you know the yeah, answer? I to that? haven't, I, I don't, I haven't really looked into it because to me, it's a bunch of re- research spent on something that whatever, I mean, the NCAA, nobody knows one case to the next. Like I would have guessed North Carolina, like maybe couldn't have a college anymore <laughs> and they're fine. Like nothing, literally nothing happened to them. You know, so who knows what they're going to do, honestly. I, I mean, I, I think for for Missouri, really, just the best-case scenario is just find out soon. You know, I mean, it, it, imagine imagine the scenario if Missouri is 8-0 going to Athens, Georgia, 
and then it comes down that week, you can't play in a in the SEC title game. Right. I mean, what what's that do to you? That's the that's that's the other part of this. My my theory to Gangster Pete uh, was this: I believe there's a possibility that Missouri knows and the NCAA knows that this thing is not going to get overturned. But considering how many home games Missouri has for the first month and a half of the season, they've agreed to maybe wait and to 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 make that announcement. No, Missouri 100% doesn't know. Okay. I, I mean, they might have people that think, hey, this isn't going to happen, but they don't know. There's five people in the world who know, and they were, and they may not know yet either, but the five people who were on the committee that, that heard the appeal, um, they have some idea probably how they're going to vote. But that's it. Um, and, again, last year, Ole Miss presented its appeal, I think, one calendar day before Missouri did, and it got an answer on November 1st. So while the NCAA says it could be as soon as four weeks, I think four weeks would actually have been a couple days ago. Uh, Yeah, it could be four weeks. It could also be four months. Uh, Mm -hmm. There's just nobody has a clue. What about the the reaction of the players? You've you've been covering this pretty closely, how other schools were understandably trying to get players to leave when this announcement was made and it didn't happen. What – behind-the-scenes kind of conversations have you had with both the players and the coaches regarding the fact that guys stuck around? Well, I think the biggest one was Kelly Bryant sticking around because a lot of people, including myself, immediately thought, well, he's out. Um, but then when you thought about it, Kelly Bryant didn't come here to play in a bowl game. He was already at a place he could he could have played in the biggest bowl game or at least watched it. You know, so if that's what he was here for, I, I mean, he probably he, – he'd have gone to Auburn probably if he was trying to play in this really big bowl game. He's here because he thinks – you know, he likes the guys and he thinks the coaches can help him be an NFL quarterback. As far as all the other guys, I mean, Odom deserves some credit for it. And I don't mean to take all credit away. But when you think about it, are Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, or Clemson calling any Missouri players trying to get them to transfer? Probably not. Yeah. And so if those schools aren't calling, if you're Kale Garrett or Yasir Durant or somebody like that, are you going to go somewhere like Texas A&M or you know, Kentucky or whatever it may be and, and basically uproot yourself, learn a whole new system, a whole new team, all new coaches, and start completely over as a senior so that you can play in the Belk Bowl? I mean, I'm sure the Belk Bowl is a nice thing. Uh, You know, you get a a nice little gift card and all that. But, you know, players are sitting out bowl games all over the place. Uh, I I think unless it's one of the big bowl games. I mean, if if somebody calls you and says, hey, we've got a chance to play in the national title game and we want you here, yeah, you might listen to that. But if it's just going to another school that's, kind of probably supposed to be about like Missouri is or maybe even a little bit worse, but hey, we can promise you that you'll get a chance to play in the Tax Slayer Bowl. I I don't really know that that's a huge deal. Right. I like hearing that perspective. I think that there was a lot of credit given and, and when you lay it out like that, it, it makes some sense as to why uh, you might not have seen what we saw, what I think a lot of us thought was going to happen, which was guy, guys were going to, to leave. On the other side of it, I do feel like even those who have been critics of Barry Odom, I think, are acknowledging he is making headway uh, with regards to recruiting. Do you feel that that is going on and that's an accurate uh, perception? Yeah, I mean, he's he's increased his win total three years in a row, and it's amazing when you have something actually to sell kids, how they're more willing to buy it. You know, I mean, 
people often act like recruiting is just this thing where you go and you make your sales pitch, and if they go somewhere else, your sales pitch wasn't good enough. I, I mean, if I'm trying to sell you a 2004 Escort and somebody else is selling you a brand-new Corvette, what, yeah, the Corvette's going to cost more probably, but where are you going to go, right? I, I mean, you can't just force somebody to go somewhere, but they've definitely made headway. I mean, if you talk to people in St. Louis, uh, I talked to Jelani Williams. He's a freshman safety up here. Uh, last week about you know sensing some change uh, among people in St. Louis and players and coaches and they seem to be listening a a little bit more to his message Um, and and that's a good thing because I do think it's true that excuse me if you if you want to win big at Missouri you've got to do at least representatively well in the state and in St. Louis Mm -hmm. I mean if you're going to get a four or a five star kid, that kid's probably going to be from Missouri or from just across the border in Kansas or Illinois. Over the course of time, you can count the number of four or five star kids Missouri's gotten from somewhere other than that on one hand. So to compete with some of these teams, you when you have those guys in the state, you've got to get your fair share of them. And Odom hadn't been, uh, but he finally is this last year, year and a half. Hope you're enjoying this conversation with the Colonel Gabriel P. D. Armand. Gabe DeArmond of PowerMizzou.com. And he is presented by Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. Mark Hanna, someone that I've gotten to know here quite a bit over the last, oh, year and a half. And I'm glad I have because I can easily talk about him to the listeners. And I'm also happy because I hear a lot of the listeners are calling Mark Hanna. They're doing so at 314-889-0503. They go to evergreenstl.com. This is your opportunity to get your finances on track. Get organized with Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. He's online at evergreenstl.com. He presents our guests every Monday here on the Tim McKernan Show. Give him a call or go online at evergreenstl.com, and you'll be very happy that you did. His name is Mark Hanna with Evergreen Wealth Strategies. He helps everyday people every day get their finances organized. Call him at 314-889-0503 or go online at evergreenstl.com. Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. The podcast is also presented by James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. He is my agent. I made the switch to James Carlton last year. I'm very glad that I did because James Carlton's customer service is second to none. 314-961-4800. That's 314-961-4800. Or go online at carltoninsurance.net. If your insurance costs a leg and an arm, call James Carlton State Farm. James Carlton's customer service is outstanding. James Carlton's ability to save you money is second to none. And he's located right here in the St. Louis area in Webster Grove. So when you see the commercials with the animals or something to distract you from what it is that you're actually buying, those are national, those are international. James Carlton is in Webster Groves and James Carlton has a staff to make sure that when you call 314-961-4800, you know you are going to speak with someone when you call during business hours. When you're talking about your home, your auto, your life, your insurance, you want to make sure you know you have that, and you have that with James Carlton. 314-961-4800 or go online at carltoninsurance.net. If your insurance costs a leg and an arm, call James Carlton State Farm. Now, back to Gabe DeArmond. You've been discussing this on powermazoo.com and, of course, uh, on Twitter as well, Missouri's more open approach to coverage uh, this year, both with, with guys such as yourself, uh, and uh, the the name many are familiar with in St. Louis, in addition to you, Dave Matter of the Post-Dispatch, but writers in general, reporters in general with practices, and then also what they uh, have done with Barstool uh, during the month of August. 
what do you think the reasoning for that was? And what has your experience been now with Barry Odom and the more open uh, ability to watch practices and cover the team? Yeah, I mean, I can tell you exactly the reasoning. Uh, I was, and I probably wasn't the only one, but some uh, I was asked uh, prior to spring football by uh, some people over at Missouri, you know, what do you think uh, as far as access and, and this and that? And I said, look, I, this is going to come off as a selfish answer, and obviously it serves me well. But I said, the truth is we're not here in spring football or in training camp to write negative stories and to make you look bad. I mean, it is, it's a free commercial waiting to happen. And I, I sent them an article that Herm Edwards had explained why he opened everything up at Arizona State. And he said, you know, largely, these kids all think they're playing in the NFL. And if they want to play in the NFL, they got to learn to deal with these people. they got to learn to do interviews and, and be around the media and stuff. And so part of it is preparing them for that next level. And so we're going to open everything up. We don't have secrets, all that. Now, I, you know, I, I think – college football coaches largely tend to act as if they are protecting nuclear codes, um, which is a little bit odd to me. I mean, even, even injury stuff, which I know coaches get really mad about injury stuff getting out. I mean, it's going to give you an advantage for like one series in your first game. Let's say, and, and to my knowledge, this hasn't happened, but let's say that Kelly Bryant were to be hurt and not play in the Wyoming game. Okay. So why that's, that's going to be an issue for Wyoming for what, like six plays. And then they're going to know the guy that's playing quarterback. And then West Virginia is going to know that Kelly Bryant didn't play, you know, so you've got all these secrets and nobody wants formations out because I don't know if you know this, but many teams are the first team ever to do something in football. Like no teams ever run a four wide receiver set. And if we publicize that, it would be the death of football (laughs) altogether. Uh, But, you know, I, I credit Odom for opening things up and because what it really does for these teams, I think, it lets people get to know these kids' stories a little bit. I mean, the, there were there were kids on the teams from up till 2012 when Gary Pinkle, you know, turtled up and shut everything down. Um, there were guys that, I mean, I still keep in touch with some of them, and you could write, I, I remember writing a story with Tommy Saunders a couple days after his grandpa died. And people read that story and they get to know Tommy Saunders, which means, yeah, they're going to be mad if he drops a pass, but they root for the kid. You know, it's easier to root for people who you feel like you have some connection to other than what color jersey they're wearing. So I said the more kids that get their stories out, then the the more fans are going to like them. And the more they're around us and they see us there, I, we aren't just this random guy sticking a tape recorder in his face with 19 other random guys. They've seen us there every day. So maybe in week six of the football season when they've seen us, 50 times, maybe they're a little more comfortable and they open up and give a little better answer in an interview. You know, so I, I really think it benefits everybody. And, and I appreciate Odom doing it um, when most people are going the complete opposite direction. Colonel, uh, there is discussion among some Missouri fans that uh, this team could be undefeated going into Athens, Georgia uh, in yeah. mid to late October. Uh I don't know if this is optimism that is rooted in reality or if it's just the optimism of August and many teams see things that uh, might not necessarily be realistic. What do you see? It could be undefeated going to Georgia. Um, I wouldn't necessarily predict it. I think I did my game by game prediction. I think I have them seven and one going into that game and nine and three for the season. 
Um, you had him losing to South I, Carolina, didn't you? If I'm not mistaken, I read had him that. losing to South Carolina, Georgia, and Florida. I think, yeah. Okay. And and I don't think losing to South Carolina would be out of the question. But I, I think that optimism is built on two things. Number one, it's the schedule. I mean, if you look at the at Odin's schedule in the first half of his first three seasons, they've always played Georgia in the first six games. They played Alabama, Auburn, a good West Virginia team, a better than people thought Purdue team. I mean, their first six games this year. The best team is probably South Carolina. The second best team is a West Virginia team with a new coach that lost most of its really good players from mm-hmm. last year. You know, I, I mean, you could see them losing a game, but they really shouldn't lose more than one in those first six. And and I think they'll be favored in all six. So that's part of it. And then also I think just the PR momentum of getting Kelly Bryant. I mean, you went from literally – going, oh, my God, who's going to play quarterback on this team, to we just landed the most sought-after free agent in the country. And I really think the momentum of that has has carried throughout really all the way it will until they start playing games, and then you got to go prove it. But, the you know, top 25 came out today. Missouri plays number three and number eight, again, in the last, you know, five weeks of the – four weeks of the season. But – they only play two other teams who are even receiving votes in the top 25. So you're talking about they play like four of the top, I don't know, 40 to 45 teams in the country at all, or at least what people think they're going to be going in. I mean, if, you're, if you've got to be in the SEC – it doesn't get a whole lot better than the schedule Missouri has. Yeah, and that's the thing. I wonder if do you sense that there is a higher amount of excitement and anticipation for this season in comparison to last season? Yeah, no question. Um, because, I mean, last season you always knew, even if we start 3-0, and like the next three weeks are Georgia at home at South Carolina at Alabama. We could be a pretty good team sitting 3-3, three and three, which is exactly what happened. Right. Um, you know, so, yeah, I, I think there's more optimism. And, again, because Odom took another step last year. Uh, but this is, a, this is a huge year. I mean, they. I, I think anything less than eight is – very disappointing. I think eight and four people would go, yeah, it's, that's, that's okay. That's, that's decent. Um, you win nine or more and you do it in the SEC. Then I, then I think people start to get legitimately excited and you start to think, Hey, we, we could have a guy that's actually building something here that we could actually compete for some things that are fun in the next few seasons. Uh, Pete, I know you have uh, some questions for the Colonel as a huge Missouri fan. And one of them I know was focused on the defense. Yeah, I, uh, from everything I've been reading, it seems to me like defensive end may be the biggest weakness on the team. I was just wondering yeah. what you thought, if you agree with that, or if there's another area we need to be concerned about, or if there's some hope in that area as well. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's definitely the biggest question mark coming into camp, and we haven't really gotten any answers because uh, Trey John Jeffcoat uh, hurt his elbow on the first day of practice and hasn't practiced since. Uh, Trey Williams, who rejoined the team, banged up a shoulder about a week ago, and, and I'm not sure if he'll practice this week or not. So your starters right now are Chris Turner, who's started a lot in the last two years, but now it's time to go from a guy being out there to a guy who actually is doing something. Uh, and then Jatorian Hansford, who was a true freshman last year, and a lot of optimism about him, but we've never really seen it. So basically Missouri doesn't have a defensive end that's proven himself on uh, on. Saturdays and you know that's a that's kind of what Missouri got known for if you go back to if you go back to Alden Smith really for the next 
seven, eight seasons, the one thing you knew Missouri was going to have was a guy that could come off the edge. I mean, even before that, guys like Brian Smith and Striker Shulock, uh, they weren't all Americans, but they were really good pass rushers putting up seven, eight, nine sacks a season. Uh, And they haven't had that really since, I mean, Marcel Frazier was good for most of one year, but but I think realistically since Shane Ray and Marcus Golden left, Missouri's been missing that guy off the edge. Colonel, uh, outside of uh, Missouri, I know you get the chance to uh, at least converse and, and follow what else is going on in the SEC. We know about Alabama. We know about uh, Georgia. Who would you maybe, if we were doing, pardon the interruption, and I said buy stock in a team that might be undervalued and sell stock in a team that would be overvalued in the SEC, where is your action going? Boy, um, I, I mean, it's hard to say LSU at like number seven or something is undervalued. Um, uh, Auburn is pretty interesting. I mean, they're ranked, I don't know, top 10 or 12, but Auburn's that really weird team that every time somebody thinks they're going to be good, they go out and go you know, five and seven. And every time people are like, eh, they're going to be okay. They, they go 11 and one or play for a national title right. or something. It's like Gus Malzahn just does enough to keep his job to, it's like he trolls Auburn fans constantly. <laughs> I mean, they hate him and it's like, he'll, he'll get to the brink of where they think he's finally going to get fired and then reel off a, a 12 and one season. Um, I, I think South Carolina could be better than people think they're going to be. Um, now, they also get to play Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, A&M. I, I mean, their schedule is absolutely insane. Uh, so I think they could be better than people think they're going to be and still finish, you know, six and six, something like that. As far as overrated, boy, I, I've got a tough time. I mean, A&M is ranked 16th, and they also play Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, they play South Carolina, they play Auburn, they play LSU, they play Mississippi State, they play something like seven of the top 30 teams in the country. So A&M might actually be a really good team and finish 6-6. Six and six. Uh, Kentucky, most people think, is, is going to take a step back from last year, and, and that kind of fits in with why people are picking Missouri to be good. And I, I really think the overvalued team has to be Florida. Like, they were 10 and – they won 10 games last year, but – Nothing about that team looked like a 10-win team last year. Uh, they just they managed to to win a couple they shouldn't, and, uh, and you know just just beat all the bad teams on their schedule. Dan Mullen's a really good coach, but I could see them taking a step back from 10 and three. Yeah, I wonder if uh, how much of that is uh, bull carryover. Yeah, I think I think that's definitely a part of it. You know, it, we put way too much stock in in bowl games. I mean, like. In its last bowl game, Georgia got embarrassed by Texas because Georgia, did, they just didn't care. They wanted to be right. in the playoff, and once they were in the playoff, it didn't matter. Yeah. Uh, fi- final thing for you. I feel like Barry Odom's job status has been kind of this, uh, I know this this isn't something you as a Chiefs fan would relate to, but for years in St. Louis with the Rams, it was kind of like, are you pro Sam Bradford turning this around, or are you anti, and you had to take a stance. And I feel like Barry Odom's job status was something that there was a, that every single week, we had another discussion. Well, is he going to be yeah. safe or is he not? Is that now on the periphery? I, I guess I ask it and I'm answering the question in my head as I'm asking it. Like, okay, if they lose to West Virginia, it's right back there is, is, is at the centerpiece. But I don't feel like it's a topic as we go into the year. Yeah, I, I agree. This is the first season since obviously his first season that we went into and said, well, we know he's going to be the coach here next year. I mean, yes. Three and nine, okay, maybe we're having this discussion at the end of the year. 
barring complete disaster, probably not. And I actually told uh, a couple people at Mizzou when the sanctions came out, I said, this actually probably helps Odom because let's say he does have a disappointing year this year and he gets to the end of it. I don't know. Let's say they're six and six or five and seven or whatever. To me, I'm going into Jim Sterk's office and going, well, I mean, we found out right before the year we weren't playing for anything. And then we got these recruiting restrictions. So we couldn't really go out and recruit like, you can't fire me for, for another right. couple of years based on this, you know, and that probably is, is more of an impact in 2020 than it is this year. But yeah, he's, he's on solid ground. I mean, we, I think you're always a year away from being on the hot seat in the SEC unless you're Nick Saban. Uh, but I, I think this year he's certainly, I, I mean, there's, there's no doubt this day next year that he's still the head coach to me, unless, something really crazy happens. He goes 11 and one and somebody comes in and tries to hire him away and Missouri can't pay him. Final, uh, final question. Uh, you'll be on TMA over the course of the football season. Doug is going to ask you about the I, unit. I'm just now finding this out. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll text I, I, you I feel, and say, I, Hey, you're around. Like you're, and then you'll like, yeah, but I got like five minutes. Like, all right, sounds good. That I mean, is, that, that, like those are the kind of promising here. I need to negotiate. <laughs> those are the kind of appearances that I'm talking but Doug's going to ask yeah. you about the uniforms. Do you have any indication of what they're looking at this year? Yeah, uh, pink and blue, I believe, <laughs> are the. Uh, Did you see Michigan State's uniforms? Colors. Did you see that? Oh yeah, and like those are those are real bad. Yes, hard all right, time watching a team. <laughs> I'd have a hard time watching a team playing those. I mean, uniforms for me to really care have to just be like they have to be those Under Armour Maryland things. Yeah. They're so awful that like it makes me want to turn my tv off i'm a little concerned uh the season opener in wyoming brown and yellow just aren't good colors mm. i'm a little concerned if i'm gonna have a hard time watching that whole game mm. what are you doing you, what, what are you flying into for that uh we are flying into cheyenne um a lot of people are flying into denver but it's a saturday night game in laramie and so i don't want to leave the press box at 12:45 in the morning and have a three-hour drive ahead of me. Is that what it is? It's three hours. Mm. It's something like that. Yeah, we fly into Cheyenne. We land at midnight on Friday night, and so if anyone can help me out here, you cannot rent a car in Cheyenne, Wyoming, huh. at midnight on Friday. So I'm hoping there is a cab or an Uber that can take us to our hotel, and then I'm going to wake up Saturday morning and rent a car. Otherwise, I may be posting on, like, Twitter or Craigslist, uh, hey, can anybody get us from Cheyenne to Laramie? <laughs> How far is that drive? It's like 45 minutes. Okay, that one, that one can do. So, you know, we, we get a horse and buggy down on the corner yeah. and – and roll in that way. You will be, you will be on the uh, the Laramie trip. Well, it all starts here. Coming up, Missouri, the 2019 season, a wide delta. Don't even know if they're going to be eligible to play in the postseason, much less what the team can do. But there's certainly, I sensed it too, and that's why I was curious if you were sensing it. There's more optimism and excitement for this team than there was last year. I just like not having the every week discussion is Barry Odom keeping his job. Of course, a loss in September, and I guess we're back into that, but but for the time Look, being. the Blues won the Stanley Cup, and everything is now possible. That's that's the thing. I always have felt like there's a similarity between Blues fans and Missouri fans, and maybe on the Kansas City side. I don't know if there I mean, did thing, but the Royals had won in 85. Is there a similarity right, with Chiefs that. fans and Missouri fans? That, like, the um, Chiefs have had, like, a lot of near-death experiences in, in the postseason you know, like where you think it's going to happen yeah, and it doesn't a happen. Bit, but I mean, the Chiefs largely have have always been pretty good. 
you know, so they they've gotten there. Yeah, um, that's the Blues. Been able to fit, which I feel. Yeah, the Chiefs and the Blues are pretty similar. Yeah. I, I think the Blues were always like they were always that team that you're like, yeah, they're one of the six best teams, but they're never the best. The team. best team. Right. Um, and uh, you know, for Missouri, it's more about let's put ourselves in the conversation of maybe being one of those six best teams. Mm-hmm. Well, I am uh, I'm fired up for it. Always enjoy reading the Colonel on PowerMizzou.com. And there's nothing I enjoy more than your exchanges with fans during games on Twitter. That is that is truly my favorite part of college football season. I, I am here to entertain. Thank you, Colonel. Colonel, always good to talk with you. Thanks so much. All right. Have a good one, guys. Take it easy. Thanks. Thanks, Gabe. So there it is. The Colonel, Gabe DeArmond, PowerMizzou.com with us this week on the Tim McKernan Show. Missouri and Wyoming opening up the season here this Saturday in Laramie. Uh, always grateful for the Colonel's time. Big fan of the Colonel. Love watching the Colonel argue with uh, fans on Twitter during games. It's a favorite hobby of mine, as I said there at the end. And uh, and his coverage on PowerMizzou.com is, is really good. So if you're not a subscriber, but you're a Missouri fan, I don't know if you're going to get much better than uh, Gabe DeArmond and his staff at PowerMizzou.com. As always, thank you to our sponsors for making this possible. Ryan Kelly, TheHomeLoanExpert.com. James Carlton, Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency, online at carltoninsurance.net. Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies at evergreenstl.com. Design Air Heating and Cooling, designairservice.com, the number one train dealer in the Midwest, and Johnny Landoff Chevrolet, online at landoff.com, Highway 270, the Washington Elizabeth exit, if you're in the St. Louis area. For my producers, Gangster Pete and Iggy, and for our guests, Gabe DeArmond, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been another edition of the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios.